Hello everybody and welcome back to Beyond the Textbook. Today I have with me the wonderful, unbelievable Masna, who's actually our teacher at the moment. And I will hand it over to Masna. And I would like Masna for you to tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, thank you very much for that great uh, introduction, Aisha. Uh, yes, I'm Masna. I'm um, half Malaysian. My dad's Malaysian. My mom's from Northern Ireland. I actually started off life as a as a lawyer, believe it or not, but I saw the light and uh, <laughs> changed professions and mm. retrained and became a teacher. Um, in fact, uh, we met uh, I'm exactly. sure when, uh, when we when I was teaching at Garden School. Exactly. Oh, too many years ago. Oh, let's not mention. <laughs> Uh, and then I sort of got sucked back into the corporate world, but I mean, uh, as a trainer. Uh, and then, uh, you know, recently uh, you you um, invited me to come back and, and teach at your centre. So thanks very much for that opportunity as well. You're most welcome, Asna. Mm -hmm. And it's been a pleasure. So what I wanted to talk about today is if you have been following us on this podcast you'll know that we haven't actually released a podcast for a while. And there's been a good reason for that. One of the main reasons is that we've been very busy. I know that's a cliche, but in fact, what we've been doing is we have been doing a lot of teaching for refugees in the evening, which has kind of consumed a lot of my time. Now, one of the reasons why Masner is back with us uh, now is because she's also one of the teachers for these refugee classes. Mm -hmm. But what I'd like to do with this podcast is we want to talk a little bit about the refugee status in Malaysia, mm -hmm. and then we'll talk a little bit more about how Elite got involved with that, how do we find teaching them, and so on. We'll just get into some, some aspects of that. Mm -hmm. So first of all, one of the most important and most interesting things about Malaysia is that Believe it or not, there are, in fact, 178,000 refugees in this country. Wow. Wow. You see, now that's something I didn't know. Well, mm. that's, that's a lot. Mm. And, in fact, if you, if you look at on world standards, mm. that's pretty high up there with, like, Turkey and uh, some of these other countries right. that have a huge amount of Syrians and, and so on. Mm. Um, so... The very interesting thing about the 178,000 is that 150,000 of them are from Myanmar. Okay, the, the Rohingya. Yeah, the mm. Rohingya people, mm. Mm. yeah. Uh, some are not Rohingya, but, but mm. most are Rohingya. Mm. And the whole Rohingya crisis is another thing again, right. which we talk about at a different time. Mm. Uh, of the other 28,000, I think we have Somalis, we have Syrians, Afghanis, uh, people from Sri Lanka, from Yemen. Um, I know there's a few Iraqis here, also Libyans. Mm -hmm. uh, these are all people who are essentially doing the refugee thing, which is uh, seeking asylum in another, another country uh, because their own country is in a state of crisis. Mm -hmm. So the really interesting thing in Malaysia is, first of all, that there are so many here mm. and their kind of um, open policy about that. Yeah. It's, I, I'm reluctant to say that it's a rule, but I know, and I've mentioned in other podcasts, that Malaysia has an interesting immigration policy, which is that 
people from these kinds of countries can actually enter on a social visa, mm. which is very few, very few countries in the world allow that. Mm. And I believe what they do, so these refugees, is they come here uh, on their social visa and then they, uh, they can go to the UNHCR office here mm-hmm. and they can become declared as a, a refugee. Mm. So there's a kind of process they go through. I'm not sure exactly how that works. Mm. But um, I think that's a very unique situation. Mm. Um, because when we think of refugees, we tend to think of the, the, the Turkey-Hungary thing. Which Absolutely, is, yeah. yeah. Or people coming on, on a boat. Exactly, know, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. And kind of climbing over walls or digging tunnels. Or, right, exactly, you know, yeah, that kind um, of thing. Yeah. But but actually, they mm. in Malaysia they come here by plane. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, that, that's very interesting. That's something that I didn't know, and mm. actually, I I think that's great of you know of Malaysia to to accept you know refugees in that in that way. Yeah. Mm. Um, saying that, I better just correct it that, that mm. actually the Rohingya don't come that way. Okay. They so they so, do oh, tend right. to yes. come by boats, yes. Yes. and that's a that's a different story. Right. Mm. Uh, so. Yes, there's a there's a huge amount of refugees here, mm-hmm. and they um, they in most countries when there are refugees, they are put into detention centres, mm. and if it's for example in Australia, they put them they have an island. I'm not sure exactly the name, can't mm. remember, but mm. they put them on the island, and they are there mm. basically in a jail situation until they are. I, yeah, mm, mm. and and then I don't think Australia takes that many now. Mm, mm-hmm, mm. Whereas in, in 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 Malaysia, you were saying that um, you know they are basically free to to come and and go as the, as they please. Which again, um, I I didn't know. I I also had this perception that you know they would be in some kind of detention. Uh, uh, well, not so much detention, but at least that they'd all be staying together in one place, and then to discover that actually they, they are staying all over KL. Exactly, so, yeah, right. and, and and in fact, they're staying in condos or swimming pools and gyms. Um, yeah. for, for for people from the Western world, that's that's quite shocking, right? Uh, yeah. Because if you're a refugee, you mm. know, you you tag all these things onto that kind of person that mm. that they're you think they're poor, you mm, think mm. they're destitute, you mm. think they've been through hell. I'm mm. not saying they haven't. Mm. Um, a lot of them have, mm. but. When they get to Malaysia, mm. um, because there aren't these mm. kind of detention, detention centers, centers for mm. refugees, as mm. far as I know, mm. um, they are free to live as a a person here. Right. As yes, a, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and and I know that. But saying that, mm. they do have all the same. If if they get a UNHCR card, mm. they are subject to all the mm. other requirements mm. of the international law about absolutely, refugees. Absolutely, absolutely. And 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 as we were discuss, you know, um, also you know that they don't have any legal status in this country. So despite you know uh, the perception that they are living in condos or whatever, as you said, you know they they have no legal status. Their children can't go to school. Uh, they 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 don't have access to healthcare so it, it, it is still a, a very hard life for them with with no real um, you know uh, they so much uncertainty hanging over them about their future as well so it, it, it is hard it but, is yeah. yes mm. and and I think um, that one of the most challenging things is that 
because they don't have access to the healthcare and the education and so on, mm. um, they are really in limbo. Mm. And they don't know what to do with their day as they sit and they wait right. day after yes. day after yes. day. Exactly. Uh, I do know that they 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 don't receive any money from mm. UNHCR. Mm. If they want to live in a condo with mm. a mm. swimming pool and a gym, mm. uh, they have to pay for that. So where 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 are their funds from? Is that from from family? Uh, uh, I think that just yes, mm, um, mm. extended family overseas. Mm, I mm-hmm. think they receive that money uh, mm. through. Mm. Um, I don't know how they get that money, but yeah, the money gets right. sent to them somehow, mm. Mm. and um, that will pay for the mm. apartment. It'll pay for mm. food, and because they have to live exactly, they're human exactly. beings who still exactly. have to live. Yes, and on top of that, because they don't have legal status, they can't work either. So that's another huge. Uh, thing uh, that's right for them as well a problem for them you know yes so. yes mm. and um, because they can't work legally mm. that is mm. um, they they are unfortunately they are like they're living in the shadows mm. and mm. I think anybody who has had anything to do with refugees in this country mm. know mm. that there are some people who've been here for mm. 10 12 15 years mm-hmm. who mm. are Mm. you know have married who have got children had Mm. children here Mm. they've lived an entire life in the shadows Mm. and the next question of course is is where are these people right because when we walk down the street we see people Mm. living their lives Mm. Mm. we just wonder well where where are all these 178,000 refugees where are they and they're Mm. not all in one place exactly yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're all over the place, right? So, so, so yeah, where, yeah. Where, where are they? Yeah. Where do you think they are? <laughs> well, us from what, from what some of my students yeah. tell me, and Gomba and areas like that. Right. You know? Yeah. But yeah. but but again, as you say, they're in the shadows. They don't have, um, although you know that Malaysia accepts them, but they don't have any legal status. Mm. So they're always fearful you know mm. like uh, i remember there was one evening some of them didn't turn up quite a few didn't turn up for class because apparently there was a rumor going around that the police were cracking down on 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 uh, immigrants illegal immigrants so it's it's a very uncertain um life for them you know uh, so yeah. yeah it's interesting because they 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 give up their life in a very uncertain place, meaning mm. their their country, mm. to live an even more uncertain life. Mm. Uh, but obviously, it's a better a better option yes, for them. Yes, exactly. So you know that just goes to show how bad things must be in their own country for them to to up you know uproot and come here and 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 with all this uncertainty hanging over their heads for for themselves for their children. So yeah, it's 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 tough. And and the other thing is is that as you know the 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 classes that we teach are predominantly the ages between fifteen and twenty five. We we have some older people, mm. but most of these are young adults mm. or or teenagers. Mm. And these are some of them, as I say, have been here for ten years. Mm. And the question is, um, what are they? What have they done? for right. the last 10 years. Exactly. Some of them have have actually had some schooling. Mm. So in Malaysia there are some refugee schools. Mm. 
Some of them are extremely well organized and funded by local charities. Then there are others that are not so well funded. Mm. So they they don't actually get a particularly good education. Mm. But the other thing that I find most interesting is that they're not eligible mm. to receive certificates and qualifications. Whatever course they do, mm. they aren't actually going to receive anything out of it at the end mm. except what it is they, di- they digest during the day. Mm. I know it's in in a way it's quite heartbreaking, you know. Yeah. They, they, what are the, what's what's their future? You know, what 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 are they? You know, like you said, a lot of them are in their sort of late teens, you know, early twenties. Well, what's going to happen to these people? And even when you speak to them and say, so what are your goals? What are, you know, it's it's very hard for them to have real goals or ambition because you know the future is so uncertain for them. It, yes. You know, and all they can say is, or you know. Um, they want to learn English, and uh, you know, because this is important, and and and, and rightly so. Uh, so I think this is great. What 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 uh, you're doing uh, for them, uh, Aisha? You know. Uh, well, that uh, takes us on to the mm. the next role, um, mm. the next question, which is what what are we doing and and why? Mm. So um, we already have a lot of um, Somali students who are legitimate students from Somalia who've come here Mm. to study English, to go to university here. Um, These students have always talked about the refugee situation for Somalis in Malaysia. Mm. So really it was a few months ago we got um, connected to someone who said, are you willing to offer some classes Mm. uh, for these students? Well, we said, Yes, we are, um, thinking there would be maybe 40, 50 students. Well, we had 125 <laughs> turn up. Um, and um, they, they, they came, we, we gave them the placement test, mm. uh, we put them into three levels, yes. and, and so, and of course, uh, you, right. you came along right. and uh, took over this. But... I think the interesting thing about it is, well, how are our goals for this class different from our mm. mainstream? Mm. I think our mainstream students, um, their their personal goals are very clear. Mm. They're going to university or they need it for their job or mm. they need it because they're going back to their country to do business, they need mm. English. It's very clear what their goals yeah. are. For these students... As you said, it's very mm. unclear because mm. their future is so unclear. Absolutely. Mm. So one of the questions that came up was, which you rightly asked, was, mm. Mm. well, why, why are we doing this? What is our mm. goal for mm. these students? And actually what I, what I see is that they are here to study English to improve their online experience because mm. technically they can't work so it's not mm. like they're going to get a certificate to get a mm. job mm. they're not trying to pass the aisles to get to university because mm. they can't enter university here mm. um, they're not supposed to be doing business mm. here so why are we mm. teaching them English mm. Mm. and I think the the, the, the part about that is there's two parts to that. One is that we teach them English because it's a global language mm. and you have to 
you're just going to be a better, more global person, mm. but also because of their online mm. uh, activity. Mm. Um, that's that's one of the most important mm. things. Yeah, and, and the interesting thing, in a way, and also the irony of it, is that these students, the refugee students, despite not having a clear goal or a clear aim, are the most enthusiastic, uh, keen students. Uh, I remember, Aisha, you know, when you said, oh, by the way, you have 38 students in your class on the first <laughs> yeah. month. Yeah. And I was like, what? Yeah. And uh, you were saying, oh, don't worry, you know, half of them will drop out. Well, not a single one. <laughs> Yeah, dropped yeah. out. Yeah, and in fact, you know, they they they're so keen and so enthusiastic, which I think is great. You know, yeah. I, it's it's um, compared to even you know your so-called normal students who do have a purpose, <laughs> you know, yeah. are not as uh, motivated yeah. as as, as yeah. these refugee students. You know, and um, I think uh, it's great. Yeah. You know? mm. Well, I think. Um, there's 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 a few reasons why they're here. We our role is yeah, as I said to to give them an opportunity to prove their English because the world's going to be all online in the future anyway. Mm. So um, they it, they they need this opportunity as mm. much as anybody else. Mm. But also there were a few reasons actually, if I remember rightly, um, was that they they often come for a social side. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And when I say that, it's not like, you know, we're just taking anybody and anybody just Mm. for a cup of tea and a Mm, chit-chat. No, we Mm. have properly structured courses. Absolutely. They sit exams. And we will Mm. give them Mm. a certificate of Mm. some kind Mm. that they can take away with them. But there are also a lot of them who do not do anything much with their day. Mm. And the highlight of Mm. coming to a class in the evening where they're Mm. going to enrich themselves in some way or Mm. learn something Mm. gives them some sense of purpose uh, on a daily basis. Mm. Mm. I know there are a whole group of of Mm. women, for example, Mm. who just keep saying thank you thank you i I, I know right yeah (laughs) you've had that (laughs) right yes thank you teacher thank you so much and yeah they're so they're so sort of you know grateful for for us you know for for this opportunity to to come and 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 learn english yeah and and and, uh because they just don't want to stay at home inside those four walls any longer you know they want something to give themselves that that kick in their day that makes them feel yeah. excited about waking up and yes. you know because they're all waiting mm. you know mm. they're all waiting for that mm. piece of paper yeah. that's going to say okay you're right. set you're I off know. to Kentucky right, you right, know? Right, right. <laughs> or you're off to yeah. Brisbane or wherever you know <laughs> I know and I think uh, I think I can definitely see I mean we are into our second month now. Mm. I can definitely see with some of the students how they've really improved in their self-confidence, for example. Uh, I had one lady in in my class last month, I think I told you about her, and when she was doing her test, she said to me, her husband told her, if you don't pass, you're not coming again. And I was so 
thrilled that she was actually one of the high scorers. You oh, know, wow. so she, so she, you know, to have some kind of, um, you know, confidence that that hey, she could do it. You know, as opposed, you know, uh, when she has this husband say, yeah, if you fail, you're not, you know, you're gonna fail and you're not coming back. And and she actually turned out to be one of the high scorers. I was so happy for her. Wow, that's and, great. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and which leads us on to the other point, which is that. It's incredible how great some of their English is. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah. And I, I think we were discussing this earlier. I mean, the, like you said, the they range from, you know, late teens to I think one student, my class, she was in her fifties. You know, wow. which yeah. which is young, right? Of course, um, yeah. <laughs> very young. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, and then the, the sort of range, the, the the abilities as well, and generally the younger the younger refugees tend to be uh, better uh, their their ability than than the older ones, and I think this is because of their access to the internet. They all watch videos on YouTube, and, you know, and they're very familiar, of course, with with technology, uh, which is great. You know, like last month, I had some of the older women. You know, they didn't know how to put their phones on silent (laughs) (laughs) yes 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 (laughs) whereas you know the younger ones are completely familiar with with technology exactly and and very comfortable with it yeah 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 um, yeah and and the other thing that's interesting is that even though legally they're not allowed to work they're not allowed to to have uh uh, so many things. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing that's interesting is that some of them do actually work, but it's all in the shadows, you mm-hmm. know. And mm-hmm. I think, I think Malaysians know that. The Malaysian mm-hmm. authorities know mm-hmm. that. But um, though technically they're not allowed to, they have to survive somehow. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. that's also another way they they pick up their English. This is one yes. of the things I noticed with the class I'm teaching is mm-hmm. that um, they are very good at talking. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> but their actual written English yes. is very weak. Yes. Uh, so and and, you, and then you also get the ones who, whose written is very good, but you know just don't want to say anything. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But I think yeah. it, it comes down to you know it's their street English. You know they've lived here for yes. ten years. They've been exactly. talking with the Malaysians and you know mm. all kinds of nationalities, mm. and they've never had to. Uh, they, they've just picked it up. Yes. Um, but they've never, the ones that I'm talking about, they've never had to actually write anything down, except mm. maybe their name and, mm. you know, their, mm. their, num- their, their UNHCR number, whatever it is, yeah. and that's it. Right. Uh, everything else <laughs> is just how much is that, you know? Yeah, oh, yeah. okay, right. right. So, you know. Um, and I think this is the, the other great thing about being in Malaysia is that they have that opportunity to yeah. to practice their yeah. English, you know, rather than just be in a, you know, uh, in another country where they don't have that that opportunity. So that's yeah. Mm. So if they do get the chance to mm. go to the US or mm. to, to Canada, wherever they, they get mm. sent, mm. they are already... Mm. pretty good with their English it's, yes, um, yeah, especially spoken mm. yeah because mm. I, I do believe that when they do go to these countries if, if they get fortunate mm. enough to be accepted mm. in these countries a lot of them have to go through some kind of adjustment period often mm. it's language and culture mm. that they mm. have to 
confront and some of them they find that very difficult they think everything's going to be the same as it was back in the country Mm. but one of the great things about Malaysia is it gives them that kind of like limbo period where they kind of get to flex their English muscles a bit they get to sort of understand a little bit about like the developed world and and Mm. about life and in Mm. in modern the modern world and then Mm. they they I'm sure Mm. Those people that go straight to US after that or mm. Australia, wherever, mm. um, they don't feel the jar of the cultural shock quite Absolutely. so much, perhaps. Yes, I, I agree. I think Malaysia is a great sort of uh, stepping stone for a lot of them. So, you know, it, because it is a multiracial country as well, so they're exposed to all the different cultures. Yeah, um, yeah so I, I, I think um, this is a good, good place, and I think it's great that Malaysia is doing this as well. So. Exactly, and and it, it's one of those other things. I've I've, I've said this uh, on these podcasts in the past mm. that Malaysia is so unique in so many ways, and it never it never kind of uh, flaunts what it does to the rest of the world. Mm. I'm talking about the positive things here. Of course, of course. <laughs> of but course. There, there are so many interesting things that the Malaysian government does for particularly Mm. people who come from uh, Mm. crisis countries Mm. they open the doors for them particularly for like student visas for Mm. social visas Mm. they welcome these people into the country Mm. but I know Malaysia has very strict sort of um, internal sort of security what is it homeland security okay, stuff right, right. i know mm. they're very very sharp mm. in that area mm. so mm. if there are any kind of like cells or anything popping yeah, up yes. they squash them immediately right. yeah so i the thing i find most interesting about that is they open the doors for these people from crisis countries mm. where there is civil war going on like iraq mm. like somalia like libya like you know yemen. even mm. yemen and, mm. and so on uh and yet as far as I know, certainly in the last 10 years, mm. there's not been a single terrorist attack in Malaysia. Mm. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. But there's yeah. been one in many in Indonesia, mm. in Philippines, in mm. Thailand, in mm. Myanmar. Mm. Right, but there's yeah. never been one in Malaysia. Touch wood, touch wood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, right, I, yeah. I would say that's... You yeah. would you would think it would be the opposite because mm. they're opening the doors to all these yes, people. Yes. That the chances of, of there of being yeah. some ISIS guy or right. some Al Shabaab person mm. turn up who's mm. just you know wants to create a problem. Right. Uh, you think you think it would the likelihood would be higher, mm. but somehow it's not. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm, and I'm take my hat off to the Malaysian Internal Secret Service. <laughs> I'm sure they're the ones who are on right, top yes, of it. Uh, absolutely, you know? yeah, and, yeah. And as a result, Malaysia can mm. um, give so much to mm. the refugees mm. and give them an opportunity. Mm. Though, yeah. saying all that, I know there's still, it's a very murky area for mm. the legal status right. of refugees here. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, yeah, I don't like you know I don't really know that much about the process that they're going through, but you mm. know my my heart does go out to them. You know, can't can't be easy. And uh, one thing you know you were saying about Malaysia, I think as a Malaysian myself, it's lovely to meet um, you know these refugees who sort of remind me of what a great place Malaysia is because you know you do tend to get a bit jaded and exactly. cynical right yeah. and then you have these these students who are telling you oh Malaysia is the best it's such a beautiful country and people yeah. are friendly I'm like mm, yeah actually yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah yeah, yeah I guess it is yeah yeah but you know of course it's where yeah. they came from you know absolutely this yeah. is the thing and, yeah. and, 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 and we do have so much to be grateful for and, and it's you know and yeah. And this has been such an eye opener for me. You yeah. Know, uh, thanks, yeah. Aisha, you yeah. know, for for giving me this opportunity. It's been such an eye opener to to to, to meet and these students, and and they are great students. And they really are. They they aren't really they? are. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, yeah, and they're so sweet, and you know, and they they go, oh, we love you, teacher. Like, oh. <laughs> well, that's always good for the ego. It's always good for the ego. Um, know, but but yeah, great. you know, yeah. I mean, I think as you said right at mm. the start, they are so enthusiastic, mm. and they really work so hard. And our particular batch that we mm. have, uh, certainly the dropout rate is zero. <laughs> zero. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I don't think we've ever had any yeah. student who's had any more than three or four days off yeah. you know like yeah. they really are so determined to get that exam they yeah. want to pass that exam and uh, as you also said they never complain <laughs> you know we have classes of like 45 38 which is not our usual right. class size yeah. usually our class size is like 15 to 20, 20 right. in the mainstream but to have 35 to 45 students in the class you'd think yeah. As from a teacher's point of view, right. you think that would be com- a complete management headache, <laughs> but, but it's actually, not. Yeah, I know. I don't know. It's hard to explain. It. Right? They sit there quietly. They all yeah. bunch up together. Yeah. You know, they want to do their best. Yeah. Um, okay, they might cheat from each other, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. More, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't matter. You know, right. um, it's all good. It's yeah. all good. Yeah. Um, so on that note, I think we might we might close off this session now, mm. um, and. I hope other people have found this uh, useful. Mm. It is a very interesting situation in Malaysia with refugees. And Mm. we at Elite are just doing something that a lot of other places are also doing Mm. and uh, having these night classes. Mm. And um, essentially they are on an Elite scholarship, if you like, because they don't pay anything much for it. So That's um, amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's it's our, our... giving back aspect of it right um yeah. so on this note i want to thank you masna for thank coming you. on the show thank you, <laughs> thank you. my first podcast ever. Yeah. <laughs> and also thank everybody for listening and uh we'll be in touch again with our new latest one not too far in the future okay thank, thank you, you. Thank bye you.